thank you for being here today. My neighbor, <clears throat> I was home earlier than normal yesterday, and my neighbor said, well, are you ready for tomorrow? And I said, well, I'm going to tell you what. After all these years, if you're not ready for Easter, you're not going to be ready uh, this late. But I said, you know, the truth of the matter is you can't improve on the Bible story. I don't care how much you try. You just can't preach it better than it's written. And so I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to open my heart to you. What has been stirring my thoughts, this song so well speaks my sentiments this morning. I want to read first from the book of Romans chapter 5. Verse number 6 down through verse number 8. Romans chapter 5. Paul said this, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God, commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> he thought I was worth saving. <clears throat> Amen. He thought I was to die for. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Paul, speaking here, addressing the Ephesian elders, said, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Let me read that from the message translation. Paul said, now it's up to you. Be on your toes, both for yourselves and your congregation of sheep. The Holy Spirit has put you in charge of these people. God's people they are to guard and protect them. Because God himself thought they were worth dying for. <laughs> Amen. He thought I was worth saving. That, folks, is the Easter message. It's not about him. It's really about us. Amen. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is that time of year when things begin to bloom and flowers are found in their beautiful form, and there's just something about this time of year that gives hope. There is something today, even in our, our setting, in this text, and our whole purpose of being here today that still thrills my soul. I still get excited when I read, He is not here. He is risen. There, there's something about that that no matter how many times I read it, no matter how many times I have heard it read, 
When I read it again, there is something about it that reaches out to me. He is not here. He is risen. It still inspires me when I read the gospel records of that event so long ago. Brother Clyde T. read part of my text, but he said, And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun, and they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? Luke 24 and 2 said, And they found the stone rolled away. And Luke again said, And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. I contend with you this morning that the greatest words that have ever been heard by human ears were spoken by angels on that day when they asked the question, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Somebody ought to clap your hands and praise him for that right now. The Sanhedrin court had done all that it could do, and Pilate had done all that he could do, and hell had done all that it could do, but none of that could stop him from his purpose of redemption. He said three days, and he would return, and he kept his word. On the third day he arose, and the grave was found empty. Hallelujah. I don't know when a world has ever rejoiced over emptiness like they rejoice over the emptiness of that day. He was found among them, but not in the grave. Mary had come to find and mourn over a dead body, but instead she found an empty tomb. She had come prepared to weep and cry over her loss, but what she left was worshiping and praising the God who lived, who was alive forevermore. That is why we rejoice today, because He lives. He lives. He lives in you. He lives in me. He lives around us this morning. He, he's alive forevermore. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The disciples didn't know what to think on that morning. They had watched as systematically all of their hopes and dreams were crushed and thrown to the ground as they led him away to Caiaphas and Pilate's judgment hall and eventually stripping him and torturing him, parading him before the crowd. They brought him to the hill called Golgotha to crucify him. And then he died, and they took his body from the, 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 the cross, and they placed him in a borrowed tomb. And now, as they contemplate what to do next, word came that the stone had been rolled away. The stone was no longer over the grave, and so running to see what had happened, they stepped into the grave, and what they saw changed their lives forever. I like what John said. This is how John recorded it in 20. He said, So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. 
And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen cloths lying, yet he went not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen cloths lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen cloths but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple which came first to the sepulcher. And this is what John wrote of himself. And he saw and believed. In that moment of time when he looked into that grave and saw everything but a body, he realized that everything Jesus had told him was true. And that is what Easter morning speaks to every one of us. That if we will examine the place, you will not find him there. But he is here today. He is very much alive today. He is very real today. Hallelujah. There is a truth that we will not ever have to worry about. And that is that no tabloid will ever print the startling news that a mummified body of Jesus has been discovered in old Jerusalem because he is not there and he cannot be found there. He is alive forevermore. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And so that's why this morning we do not come to carefully uh, or to a carefully embalmed body to worship today, but we come worshiping the fact that a tomb was empty, that grave clothes remained, but the body was gone. The reason we can rejoice over the song that we're saying is because he is alive and he is living in my soul right now. And because of that, I ought to praise him. I ought to give him all of the glory and all of my praise. Hallelujah. The glorious fact of what that empty tomb proclaims to us is that death could not defeat him and hell could not hold him and the devil could not overcome him. There is no more powerful message in all the world than an empty tomb. Hallelujah. He is not there. He is alive. Because he lives. Everybody say, because he lives. Your problems and my problems can be solved by his wisdom. Because he lives, your weakness and my weakness can be turned into strength by his help. Because he lives, your struggles and my struggles can become victories through his grace. Because he lives, my sorrows and your sorrows can be turned in joy into joy by the comfort of his presence. You see, into all of our lives has come that same power that changes, that brings life into a lifeless soul and breathes into that soul the breath of life and it revives. That's the reality of Easter morning is that he lives and he lives not for himself but for us. He has risen not to prove his point but to prove our worth. 
he thought I was to die for. Hallelujah. 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 You see, we need to forget the funny bunny and the colored eggs and start worshiping the empty tomb. Hallelujah. Again, I say to you this morning, the reason that we are excited is because he is risen. He is alive, undefeated, undiscouraged, undeterred. He has come forth victorious over death, hell, and the grave. You see, what is so exciting about the resurrection is that it changed everything. It split time from B.C. to A.C., before Christ to now after Christ. And because of that division, what happened on that day, the reason there is such excitement is because Easter is the celebration between what was and what now is. And this is what is spoken in Matthew. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Everybody say, was crucified. He was crucified, but he is not here. He is risen. That's the difference that Easter makes between what was and what now is. He was crucified, but he is now risen. That's the difference between your life and my life, what was and what now is. I was a sinner. I was lost and undone. I was broken and ruined, but one day at an altar, I came in contact with a living, present Christ. I came in contact with a living, present God. And he changed my life forever. Amen. You see, resurrection separated the old life from the new. And on the first Easter morning, God drew a line between two worlds. The world that was and the world that is. And he invites me to live in that new world of is. Amen. Somebody say, he is alive. He is alive. We do not serve or worship a God who was. We serve a God who is. Hallelujah. Yes. We celebrate the one who is risen, who is alive, who is real. Does anybody know a real Jesus this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Not what was, but what is. He is real and He is here. In the resurrection, we celebrate the victory of what is over what was. I was dead in my trespasses and sin, but now I am alive forevermore. Our lives are forever changed because of that simple difference. The difference between what was and what is. Amen. The reason I rejoice this morning is over what is, not what was. Amen. I, 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 could, I, I could talk about a lot of things that were, but that's not what we are now. 
by the grace of God. And it's all because one morning, almost 2,000 years ago, the earth started trembling and the stone rolled away, not so he could get out, but so we could get in and see that he's alive forevermore, 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 forevermore. Amen. So let me ask you a question this morning. Would you rather your life be defined by what was or what is or could be? That's the privilege that Easter offers every one of us to change our whole life from what was to what is. A very present God. A very on-time God. A very now God. A God who is at this moment living. Everybody say living. Now. Everybody say now. Today. Not yesterday or last week or last month or last year, but today He's alive. Today He loves me. Today He thinks I'm still worth dying for. Today He still thinks I'm still worth saving. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So why did he do it all? He did it all because of what the song said. He didn't do it to prove who he was. He didn't have to prove who he was. He was who he was. He did it because I needed him to do it. When I could not help myself, he said, I... I think that guy's worth dying for. I think that person is worth giving my life for. He didn't do it because he needed to. He did it because I needed him to. He did it because he thought I was worth saving. Amen. He thought I was worth keeping. Oh. He thought I was to die for. And so he robed himself in flesh and he came and humbled himself and became a man not to prove who he was but to let me know who he was my savior my god my now god my own time god my present god my god who is available right this moment to help me no matter what my situation is. You see, he thought I was worth keeping. He thought I was to die for. And so he sacrificed his life. Amen. Can I read to you again Romans chapter 5? For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Everybody say the ungodly. Everybody say he was talking about me. He wasn't talking about you. He was talking about me. The ungodly. The unlovable. The unwanted. But my condition did not turn him away. He loved me in spite of my condition. And he came anyway. And he cleaned me up inside And he changed my life so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone, everywhere I go, he thought I was to die for. 
Praise God. That's what Easter's all about. It's about a love that none of us can really even comprehend. A love that is so rich and pure and measureless and strong. He said, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God, everybody say, but God. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. You know what's so great about God is he doesn't wait for you to clean up your act or get your act straight. He said, you know what, I'm going to do it on credit. I'm going to do it because you need me to do it. I'm going to do it because I see something better for your life than what you're living. And so while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not nice people, not clean people, not people who have their act together, but broken people and crippled people and people whose lives are colored by sin and failure he said, I came for you. I came because of you. I came and did it all because I thought you were worth dying for. Amen. Amen. He didn't wait for you to get better and he didn't wait for me to clean my act up. He did it. You see, the Easter declaration is simple. You cannot be too bad and you cannot be too far and you cannot be too messed up for the God that I'm preaching about this morning. Amen. 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 The resurrection was God's simple message of love that reached out to us. I love what Paul said to the Thessalonican church in the second chapter of Second Thessalonians. The message translation said, God who reached out in love and surprised you with gifts of unending help and confidence. Put a fresh heart in you, invigorate your work, and enliven your speech. That's the power of the resurrection. He surprised all of us because he thought we were worth dying for. The resurrection was God reaching out in love and surprising a world with gifts of unending help and comfort and confidence and love. That's the message of Easter. And because he lives, everybody say, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, I know, I know, I know. Easter is God's declaration to the world that you were worth dying for, that you were worth saving, that you were worth keeping. In spite of your condition, in spite of your position, he declares over all of us His love. Love that hatred cannot stop. Love that distance cannot stop. Love that will not let go. Love that loves no matter what. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for coming. Thank you for thinking so much of us. Amen. Amen. Thank you that thinking of us brought you down from heaven's glory. Amen. Margaret Sangster Pippin wrote that in the mid-50s, her father, who was a British minister, his name was W.E. Sangster, he began to notice that there were some things wrong with his throat and 
something wrong with his body, he began dragging his leg. And when he went to the doctor, he found that he had an incurable disease that caused a progressive muscular atrophy. And his muscles would gradually waste away until there was nothing. His vocal cords would become weak and they would fail. And then his throat would give in and he would not be able to swallow. Going home from that doctor's visit, he made up his mind that he was going to throw himself in to the final hours of his life and he was going to work in the British home missions area in a feverish pace. And so he began to write and he, he, he prayed more than he had ever prayed. And this is what he prayed, Lord, let me stay in the struggle until the end. I don't mind if I can no longer be a general, but give me just a regiment to lead. And so he wrote articles and books, and he helped organize prayer cells throughout England. He said, I'm only in the kindergarten of suffering. It's what he told people who tried to pity him for his situation. Gradually, his legs gave out and became useless, and his voice became so weak that it was almost gone. But when he could not even speak a word, he could still hold a pen. And with shaky hands, he would write on. And on one Easter morning, just a few weeks before he died, this is what he wrote to his daughter. He said, it is a terrible thing to wake up on Easter morning and have no voice to shout, he is risen. It is a terrible thing to wake up on Easter morning and have no voice to shout, He is risen. But he said it would be still more terrible to have a voice and not lift it and say, He is risen! He's alive! How do you know He's alive? Because He lives in me. Because he saved me. Because he reached me. Oh, yes, my friend. There's something that ought to be said by everybody in this building today. He's alive. He's alive because I feel him in my soul. He's alive because when I look at my life, I see what I was, but I see what I now am. And I'm two different people. Come on, clap your hands and praise him with me right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The point is simple. He thought I was worth saving. So he cleaned me up inside. He thought I was to die for. Amen. So he crawled up on that cross and died. Not willing that any should perish. It makes John 3.16 have such a deeper meaning. For God so loved the world (laughs) that he gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. Come on, everybody, stand to your feet and lift your voice with me right now. And let's thank Him for the promises of Easter. 
Let's thank Him for the love that has been brought into our lives because of Easter. Let's thank Him for the love that He has expressed to all of us.